This is the Run Matters Podcast, brought to you by Skechers Performance. Go like never before. And now, your hosts, Mark Sullivan and Neil Schwartz. Welcome to Episode 5 of the Run Matters Podcast, powered by Skechers Performance. I'm your host, Neil Schwartz, and I'm joined today by my co-host, friend, and business partner, Mark Sullivan. Mark, how are you today? Neil, great to be here. Excited for episode five and everything we are going to try and cover. Well, if you've been listening to the Run Matters podcast, you're going to know the next voice. And that's, of course, Amanda Brooks from our Run to the Finish segment. Amanda, welcome to the podcast today. Thanks for having me as always. Amanda, how's it going out there right now in uh, Colorado? Last I checked, it was pretty cold out there today. Yeah, we're having what they like to call the polar vortex. So I think, uh, you know, always makes running a little extra fun. Sounds so scientific when they use that word vortex. Yeah, I think it it's a a little scary because suddenly the temperatures get really real. <laughs> we're calling episode five the disruption episode, but we're using disruption in a little bit of a different context. We're using disruption as an opportunity for change and an opportunity for new things and new ways to look at the running industry and running and personal fitness. Mark, for you, what has been your biggest positive disruption during the pandemic? Well, I, I think if you look at the running business, and that's basically what I do 365 days of the year, <laughs> I think the pandemic has disrupted things in a, a number of positive ways. It's forced uh, retailers and businesses to reevaluate the way they do things and make changes. And obviously, the changes were made in order for them to survive. But I think in certain cases, the changes have really resulted in uh, extremely positive outcomes. Amanda, for you, what's been the biggest, let's say, positive um, that has come out of this disruption? I have always had a goal to run an ultra marathon, but it never felt like the right time. I was traveling or I had a race on the books. And so last year, without any of that happening, I was finally able to put in the miles and cross that off of my very long-term bucket list. For me, there's been two disruptors. One of them, of course, has been Amanda in getting me out there and on the street and starting to do my walk-run program. I have to admit, I've had a little bit of a back issue the last couple of days, so I've gotten away from it. But I promise, Amanda, I will get back out there and uh, back on schedule. My other disruption, though, has been that I have learned more than ever that it really takes a village, that we really need to lean on one another during these times. And that really, for me, has really affirmed, you know, a number of things that I've always believed that we don't go through this world and this life alone. We bring others in with us. Uh, Very deep, very philosophical for the Run Matters podcast, Neil. Yeah, I didn't necessarily think I was going to go that deep and be be that philosophical. But, you know, sometimes, Mark, I get like emotional. That is a good thing. I don't mean to uh, don't mean to chide you for that. Well, Neil, you know what they say, especially about running. They say if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go with others. So with that in mind, what do we have coming up? on the podcast today. Well, Mark, coming up first on the Run Matters podcast, we've got one of our old favorite guests, and that would be Kurt Stockbridge, as I like to call the guy behind the guy behind the guy and lead product developer for Sketchers Performance. Kurt, how are you today? 
Doing great, Neil. It's good to be back. It's great to have you on the show. And today we're also joined by someone who has also been on the Run Matters podcast before, and that's uh, Ed Chesarek, also known as King Ches. Ches, how are you today? I'm good. Thanks for asking, man. So where are you right now? I'm in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. So since we've talked to you, what have you been doing for the last 12 weeks or so? What's uh, Have you been in different parts of the country? Man, I've been here between Flagstaff and, you know, and Phoenix area because of, you know, snow and everything. I just went down for to avoid the snow and crazy weather up there. You know, one of the things I'd love to ask is that what's a typical training week like for Edward Chesarek? Hmm, that's a good question. So my training is, you know, goes weekly by weekly, Monday through Monday. So, like, I don't have any time that I can take a day off. You say, oh, today is just day off. You know, I'm just running every day. We spoke to Ahmed, the great marathoner. He talked about how he had different days where he did tempo work and speed work. I mean, do you have different sorts of, uh, you know, an MO for each one of your days? Yes, actually, yeah, we, we have those days. So, you know, there is a tempo days and there is a track workout. So, which is kind of similar, like Tuesdays is like a long tempo. Friday is a track workout, but... We go six weeks block after six weeks, we start another six weeks with, you know, track workout, like especially when the race is coming up, we just focus on the track now. Ed, you really got your start and kind of burst onto the scene as a, a miler. And then uh, you've also done very, very well, won the Carlsbad 5000. Where are you at now in terms of your distance and where's that all going? At the moment, I think I'm kind of moving up a little bit. You know, when I was in high school, I started like, you know, I was mixing up with everything, 400 all the way to mile, 5K, and college, same thing. But now it seems like I'm moving up towards uh, the 10K and probably near the roads, uh, in the future, near the, near, near the future on the roads. Chez, what sort of shoes do you wear for the different types of training that you do? Do you have different shoes for different days? How, how, how do you like to, to work that particular situation? Good question. Actually, uh, I have different kind of shoes that it depends on what kind of the day I'm feeling on. You know, my favorite one that I always go out for training runs or any, you know, runs that I do every single day is right seven and right eight. So those are two different versions of the same shoe, which a lot of runners will tell you like, oh, I love the old model and I use the new model for this. What's your thinking on, on running in the two different uh, versions of that same shoe? I think it's, it's similar to me. Actually, when I started, I started running with the seven, you know, when they developed last time, last year, I think. And then when they come up with the eight, so I fall in love on the eight. Most of that's I do most of the runs every day. But on my easy day, like one of days today, I had 12 miles in the morning. I was like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to put my right seven in, you know, to switch kind of shoes so that I don't want to like injure myself wearing like the same shoes all the time or, you know, kind of want to go around with the shoes that fits comfortable when I'm running. Kurt, I know that the Speed Elite has been one of the uh, great shoes that has been developed by Skechers Performance. And I know that there's some plans to kind of expand things out in terms of sizes and all of that. You know, was 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 Ed in mind when you developed the Speed Elite? Absolutely. So we started the actually we started the Speed Elite at the same time we were getting to know Chaz, and it was designed purely for a marathon shoe. What's funny is that shoes, as you guys know, the super shoes have gotten bigger and bigger. And it's funny how at that time it was appropriate for a marathon shoe, but it's it's really been characterized more as a half marathon shoe, but longer distance for sure in a very special way that would give Chez the stability that he needs, a little more stiffness, 
and he, he feels more more efficient in that shoe. You just made reference to super shoes. So do you want to tell us in your words what there's been a lot of talk about super shoes? What is a super shoe? And then how do you sort of specifically interpret that for your brand? Well, the way I think of it is a, a super shoe is one that's focused on um, like improving running economy. So this is a new thing that just started the last few years. Uh, we, with um, another brand, who you know, and um, we took it upon ourselves to, we felt like we could improve it, make it even better. Um, the shoe is successful in terms of running economy. It's, it's all about weight. The lighter the shoe is, the better. Um, as Ches is nodding his head, the stiffer the shoe, it's better. And the more resilient it is, it's better. So what we were able to do with the, with the Speed Elite, and now you mentioned another shoe that's going to be coming soon, is we took that, sh that technology, we used a, a special technology. It's a carbon-infused plate, but we designed it in a way to maximize stiffness for the least amount of weight. So stiffness to weight ratio is super high, um, higher than most of the competitor's shoes to give us that competitive edge. Chez, you're loving it, right? Oh, yeah. You know you know what I'm talking about, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Does it give you the right mix of comfort and, and support? And also, I know you, you know, Kurt told us in previous episodes that you're all about speed and you're all about weight in terms of your shoes. So does it really provide you kind of with that platform that you really need? Yes, the, speaking on that, actually, Speak Elite is my favorite one that I always use in any kind of workout. I do eight a track on the road, tempo runs. It's the only thing that I like to put it on all the time when I go out there for my tempo or track workout because it's kind of like pretty competitive light and it makes me move faster, which is, you know, like last time we were designing the shoes, I told him, can you please make it super lighter and, you know, so that I can just pick my, my feet real quick. Jess, we talk about, you know, run being comfortable, of course, the right shoe. But, you know, when we talk to regular runners, you know, one of the things when I, that they talk about is, you know, having a shoe that prevents them from injury. You know, one of the things that we've heard about from you is that that you like to listen to your body in terms of what shoes you wear for any given day. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yes, definitely. Why not? Yeah. All the time when, uh, you know, let's say yesterday I did a workout and like, you know, six by a mile, I was going to switch to my spikes, but it got a little bit colder now. Like, you know what? I'm going to stick with right uh, with a uh, speed elite uh, flats. So, which is good for me. I did my workout on that today. My legs were kind of a little bit like tired and I was like, you know what? I don't want to use the other one. I just want to prepare using this one because it was kind of newer and, um, and it was still, uh, I haven't run with it at all. Cause I was like, I'm going to switch today with right seven to stay competitive. And, you know, and I did that and I feel good, you know, I'm always trying to balance my shoes to stay away from injuries. I don't want to use the old shoes that has been used a lot. It has a lot of miles. You know, I just want to stick with the lowest miles so that I can prevent injuries and stuff. So, Chez, you do something interesting with your track workouts where a lot of runners will go over to the track and spike up, right? Because they're on the track. But you don't do that. What's your shoe strategy once you get to the track? For me, actually, like I listen to my body. I take all my, you know, my tools that I needed to use at the track. So I go with my spikes, my flats, two, two pairs actually of spikes. I go with the long distance, the mid distance, and there's speed elite, which is my normal shoes that I use, the flats. So like yesterday, for example, yesterday I was doing workouts at the track. So, and I thought I was going to switch the shoes halfway. But when I got there, I feel good. And I, it was super cold. And I was, you know what? changing the shoes and you know i don't want to go any fast 
properly, I can go faster with my flats. So I stick with my flats the whole workout, which is, it was okay with me, you know, running 4.15 in the mile at the track with my flats. And I closed like four tens towards the end, which is okay. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to let my spikes sit there and then I'll return it back to my car when I go back up, I finish. And I just stick with the flats yesterday. So what I'm sorry, what he was saying there is that he actually uses his shoes to limit himself, like from keeping to go too fast. Right, Chaz? Oh, yeah. Yesterday was freezing and cold here. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to start. You know, I always start, even if it's fast, like 420 for mile at the track, which is very good. And I was like, I'm just going to start with that slowly with my flats. If I want to go fast, I can just switch my, you know, my spikes. Because I had my three pairs of spikes there and the flats, which is four. So I always got to hold my tools with me on my backpack anywhere I go. If I need to just change it in the middle of workout, I have it ready. So, but yesterday I just stick with one because I was like, there is no point, you know, risking injuries going too fast on this cold weather, you know, stick with the, you know, the same shoes. Well, let me, let me ask you, if you don't mind, let me ask Chez, just, I want to drill down just a little bit. So the seven and the eight, I mean, what is it about when you choose one or the other specifically? Because I can tell you one is lighter. The eight is just slightly lighter. Okay. It's, it's like a millimeter lower. Lower, yeah. That's about it. Yeah. Uh, specifically, I use the eight most of the time. But I still have the, when I was cleaning my, you know, my collection shoes in the house, last week I found the new Ride 7, which is under my name. I was like, I'm going to throw in the truck. So when I go anywhere, I can run with that. But mostly the 8 is the one I use every single day. That's the only that my high, like pick it quickly when I go to the car. I was like, oh, that's the shoes. I got that. But today I kind of choose to run with the other one because I was going super slow, like a recovery day. Yeah. And my legs was kind of heavy and I was like, it's kind of heavy shoes. Let me wear this. Yeah. Seven's a little heavier. Yeah. Chess, are you conscious of how many miles you put on a shoe? Or again, are you operating strictly by feel? Um, yeah, I kind of a little bit tried to put at least, uh, you know, 600 miles in one shoes. But recently I was like, no, nah, I don't want to put that because I'm running at least 100 miles a week. And Kurt, that 600 miles per shoe, is that what you would recommend for the average runner as well? And it's really hard to say. On average, I would say a little less than that. Mm -hmm. But we, we've got athletes that will run up to 1,000 miles on a pair of shoes. It just depends. It depends on a lot of things on the surface and just how you wear uh, your foot strike. Mid-foot strikers can get more mileage out of a shoe. Chess is a lot lighter, so he's probably good with 600. Yeah, in that case, actually, I say 600 miles uh, in the shoes because once of the, once a week or twice a week, I try to switch between right seven and right eight. Cause, but mostly my long run is straight, uh, straight right eight. And most of the runners, the runs is just straight eight. But the other one, I feel like easy Tuesday morning, uh, Monday morning, and one of that, I just switch to right seven. Kurt, do you ever ask, you know, Chez or even Meb or any of the elite runners that you work with to send them, send their old shoes back to you so that you can see, you know, how, you know, how the shoes have held up or, or how the shoes have reacted to, let's say, 600 miles or a thousand miles or whatever it might be? Uh, yeah, forensics is important, especially if there's something that's going on that we can't really see that's evident. We'll have them send them back. But most of the time, if there's a if there's an issue or something we want to learn, like Chaz and I will just hop on a video and he'll just show us pictures or you know the phone and we can see. But yeah, 
um, it's 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 interesting when we see when we see something unusual going on. That's when we really learn. What are some of the things that you've got coming up new? Um, I know that you're going to be expanding, I guess, a little bit the Speed Elite line. Yeah, I mean, with those comments about the Speed Elite being appropriate for half marathon, obviously that leaves an opportunity for the full marathon. And uh, we're working on a shoe. Chez is trying it now, and it's uh, it's it's a lot like the Speed Elite, just a lot more in terms of cushioning. But it's exceptionally stable. Normally, normally when you take a, a, a shoe and you make a super shoe out of it, like a high stack height shoe, you tend to experience some instability. Well, with our winglet plate that we've designed, the way we designed it, it's got a sidewall. Think of like um, when you look out of a commercial airline, you see the tip of the wing and you see that little piece winglet. that comes up. Yeah. I call it a winglet. That's exactly right. And we've used that. We've called our, our uh, plate that as well because it's designed the same way. Well, what that plate does is it gives you the stiffness that you need plus the maximum um, stack height. I mean, this, the stack height takes it up another seven millimeters, but we don't lose the stability because of that winglet design, um, which is really exciting. I think athletes, uh, once we get more of them out there, are really gonna appreciate the shoe. Chez, have you tried this shoe? Yes, I tried. What do you think? Man, I told I told him already that, that, that what I feel. I was like, man, this shoe, you better already have to fix it real quick so I can start using it. Yep. Hey, Chez, before we go, I have a question for you. Yes. So while we were getting ready today, uh, your fiance uh, also proved to be uh, quite a, an able uh, IT person. So that was very impressive <laughs> that she came in and got everything <laughs> Thanks, squared, away, squared away for all of us. Um, she always on this stuff. You know, I'm not a, you know. You're not a techie guy. No, she. Yeah, I'm not a tech guy. He was very good and, a, and very patient. Yeah. So talk to us a little bit about, you know, your training and your running together. I think last time we spoke, uh, you know, you said that you guys uh, do quite a bit of running together. Do you want to share some of that? Yes. Uh, like now we're just two of us down here. We have our own house here. We just, you know, for like a month or so. And we're doing mostly everything for ourselves, like, you know, running, long runs. But when it comes to the tempo or the truck stop, you know, we're just being on the trap of loving each other. But we work together, you know. When I'm out there struggling, she say, okay, you got it. I was like, yeah, you got it too. Just keep moving, you know. No, it sounds like you guys are very supportive of one another. And uh, I think uh, last time you were on the show, you told me that she's a better trash talker than you. Is that is that true? A <laughs> <laughs> little, uh, little bit. You know, I'm a just low-key guy. You know, when, when something talked that, I was like, I take it. I was like, yeah, I'll take it. You know, it's okay. That's Does she let you win or do you let her win? What's the, you know, can you give us a little bit of insight into that, Chess? She wins sometimes, but, you know, I paid back. You know, I had to lose, so I always try to win, but. I lose sometimes. Sometimes it's a good idea to lose to your wife. I know. Yeah, yeah I, I'll take the lose, but next time I was like, okay, I'll come back. Well, uh, Chaz, I want to thank you for coming on the Run Matters podcast, uh, powered by Skechers Performance. We are looking forward to having you back in future episodes. Chez, will you be able to come back? Definitely, of course. Love that. And Kurt, you know, what can I say? The guy behind the guy behind the guy. Um, you've been a great contributor to the Run Matters podcast. I think this is your third or fourth segment. Can't thank you enough for coming on the show. And uh, we look forward to having you on future episodes also. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me, guys. Thank you so much, guys. That was a great segment featuring Kurt Stockbridge and Chess. I always love having Kurt on the show. He's really taught us a lot about what goes into running shoes. Mark, what have we got coming up next? Our next segment is guaranteed to make everybody thirsty. It's an interview with Ashley Anderson from Shoes and Brews in Longmont, Colorado. Guess what she sells? 
Let's talk shop. It's time for Retail Matters. Welcome to the Run Matters podcast. Ashley Anderson of Shoes and Brews in Longmont, Colorado. Ashley, great to have you here. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for having me and chatting today. So the theme of this episode is disruption. And uh, I would be hard-pressed to come up with something more disruptive than a a microbrewery combined with a running store. You want to tell (laughs) us how that all came about? Yeah, absolutely. I think... Like all good ideas, the idea of Shoes and Brews came to my husband on a run. There's three of us that are owners. We're on a run together on a typical Saturday. The boys were pretty far ahead of me. Colin pitched the idea to our partner, Dave, and basically said, we should open a craft beer bar in Longmont, and it should have a running shoe store connected to it. And it was that simple. It was like, this is what we think our community needs. This is what makes sense to us. Dave immediately said like he was in, they ran like back to me, pitched me the idea and I was immediately in. I mean, who wouldn't want to start, you know, something disruptive for their community. And then a year later we were open. So we moved pretty quickly um, to get this door open just based on where we were in our lives and based on the excitement that we had behind the idea Um, we wanted to get it open as quickly as possible. Ashley, you know what? There's really a lot to unpack with uh, the disruption probably that Shoes and Brews is having on the market. Let's talk a little bit about the reception that you've gotten from uh, the local market there in Longmont, Colorado. Tell me a little bit about the area and the kind of reception that you've gotten from the consumers there. Yeah, absolutely. So Longmont is definitely a growing area. So we're right along the front range in Colorado. We're about you know, 35 to 45 minutes from downtown Denver. So north of Denver and just east of Boulder. So a really active young community and definitely growing communities all around us. And in 2014, when we opened, I think Longmont looked very differently, even though, even from what it looks like now. And so we knew that like, as being a part of our community, that our community was growing and that our community would be looking for something like Shoes and Brews. We, being part of our community, were looking for something like Shoes and Brews. We were, you know, runners kind of just out of college, you know, starting, you know, just regular jobs and regular lives and more recreational running. And we didn't see that kind of like running community center here in Longmont. So even though we knew there are tons of runners here, tons of people who are active outdoors, We didn't see a place for anyone to go or anyone to kind of gather. And so Shoes and Brews was a big part of that. It was like, how can we, you know, create this culture that we kind of felt in college where, you know, you go on a long run with your friends and then later that afternoon you meet at a brewery. So that seemed very typical for us. And so we just thought, you know, why can't that all be under one roof? Like, why couldn't someone do two businesses under one roof? that we felt had a relationship already. What's the shoes and brews experience like? Do you walk in, you know, I, I know you described the business as sort of a, a mullet, right? You know, yeah. uh, <laughs> business in the front, party in the back. So yeah. take us through the experience. Yeah, you know, I think the the business um, mullet design is exactly the description <laughs> of our business. One of our employees came up with that as soon as we opened. And so really when you're coming into our store, if you come in through the front doors of our store, you're walking into what you would think is a typical running store. Like you have shoes, you have apparel, you have accessories, you have everything that you could kind of want on the front end of a run shop business. 
What's different is about halfway through our store, you'll see this whole wall of glass panels. And so the glass panels kind of separate the front half of our store from the back half of our store. So you kind of walk through a side door, you know, next to the glass and you enter Brew's side of the business. Do you bifurcate the two thing, two businesses, Ashley, or do you try to blend them together? So if somebody comes in, let's say to the brewery side, you try to get them over to the run side. And if they come into the run side, man, you know, maybe you try to get them over to the brewery side. I mean, how's that kind of all work together? We try to integrate them as much as possible. Um, because again, because we think it makes sense. We think that it makes sense for our clients. We think it makes sense for our community. And so we try to integrate it as much as possible with also being respectful that like not everyone is a beer drinker and not everyone is a runner or, you know, most people don't even consider themselves runners, even if they are. And so I think we try to, you know, have a fine line of you know, allowing the two to mesh together and having fun things that connect them all the time without, you know, forcing, you know, a beer into your hand when you walk in. And so I think there's a lot of things that we do. I think one, a lot of our staff works both sides. And so one day they could be fitting you with shoes. The next day they could be behind the bar pouring you a beer or in the same transaction, they could do both for you, right? They could fit you with shoes, do gate analysis, and then walk you to the bar side talk you through beer options, be knowledgeable <laughs> about beer and breweries in the area, pour you a pint and then cash you out for everything. And even the people who are just bartenders, we still want to make sure that they're knowledgeable about the shoe side. So most of them are runners themselves. They, you know, do ultras, they, you know, help that friends that are ultra runners, you know, all of those types of things, they run races. And so even though they may not be fitting you with shoes, they can still talk to you knowledgeably about the shoes. They still know what shoes they like. They still know what shoes we carry. They can still know all of the tech aspects about shoes. They're just not physically going back there and pulling them for you. And so I think the people that we hire is incredibly important here at Shoes and Brews, if not every single business. But, you know, they really have to be able to do both things. They have to, you know, enjoy the whole concept. They have to be able to talk knowledgeable about both things and be excited about both things or, you know, why would they work here? So in case our listeners hear a big thud, it's me passing out from ecstasy. You know, I can't believe it's beer. It's running shoes. If you told me you had a chocolate cake section, you're just, you guys are just going to hear a big thud on the, uh, the other end of the microphone here. So, but let me ask a pragmatic question. Are there yeah. uh, legal issues? Like if you're under 18, are you allowed to go into the brew section? Um, you know, are there practical matters like that, liquor licenses, all that sort of stuff? Yeah, I think those are great questions. And those are a lot of the things that we definitely had to work through when we first opened. Like, how do we do this, um, you know, smartly? How do we do this so that anyone feels accepted on both sides? And that was a big piece of like when we were designing Shoes and Brews and how we wanted the setup to feel is we want everyone to be accepted on both sides. And so the way that our liquor license works is we're a brew pub. So in Colorado, a brew pub is able to brew your own beer, serve your own beer, serve beer, alcohol, food, you can kind of do it all. And so all ages are, are able to go on both sides. We're extremely family friendly. So a lot of our staff members, as well as a lot of our owners have families. And so we wanted to make sure like, we felt comfortable bringing our kids, right? Like if I'm going to own a business, I want to make sure that my children feel comfortable there and that they're welcome there. And most of the people that live in Longmont are kind of like young professionals 
young families. So that's a big piece of our market is like, we want families to feel welcome here and to bring your kids on a run and like have chocolate milk for them afterwards and, you know, have all of the options um, and all the availability for both. Ashley, who brings the beer brewing experience to Shoes and Brews? That's, you know, you're not out there making sneakers, (laughs) but you're out there making beer. So tell us a little bit about that part of it. So I mentioned that there's three owners. There were three owners that originally were on that first run together that kind of started Shoes and Brews. After the three of us decided to start the business, we brought on two other owners. So we have five total. Myself, my husband, Colin, our friend, Dave, my father-in-law, Roger, and my running buddy, Chris. So Roger, my father-in-law, is our brewer. And so he was a home brewer for 20 plus years before we opened Shoes and Brews. And honestly, when we brought the idea to him, you know, shortly after that run, to be honest, um, I think we were at dinner at his house and we are like, we want to do this business and like, we want there to be craft beer. And he was the one that said, we need to brew our own beer. Like if we're going to open, you know, a craft beer bar, we need to brew our own beer. And so we started very small with what would be considered like a home brew setup. Um, and we've grown basically to the capacity of our building right now. Wow. So I looked at your menu of beers and you have some great flavors, which I guess are seasonal flavors. Do you have any beer that's inspired by runners? Like, do you have the Meb, the Meb brew or the, uh, or sweet, <laughs> the sweat beer? <laughs> We have, you know, what's really fun is since we're so small, so right now we brew on a one barrel system, which is considered a nano brewery. And so since we're so small, we kind of allow Roger to do whatever he wants, like whatever he feels like brewing. We don't really have core beer to per se, like beer that's always on, but we have some beers that rotate. And so a lot of the beers that he names especially during the summer months, especially as we're building up to races, are runner inspired. So we have one of our core beers. um, It's called the negative split IPA. So your first beer goes down or your second beer goes down faster than the first. Um, That's definitely one of our most popular ones. We've done some beers inspired by runners, but we never use, you know, the runner's name per se. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So we've done, I think about on the top of my head, We've done, oh, we did one for Nick Simmons because he visited us once. Um, They were doing like a press tour with, I can't remember now, but we did the Mortimer T. Raz Bunny. It was a raspberry brown and it was named after his pet bunny. Ashley, uh, as you know, Skechers Performance is our sponsor. And when we were talking the other day, you told us that you were actually uh, running in Skechers. You want to tell us a little bit about the shoe you're running in and your experience with the brand? Yeah, our experience with the brand has been really seeing, you know, huge growth and development from them over the past four years that we've been watching them and kind of carrying them in store. And so it's always fun to see a brand that really like takes feedback and innovates immediately. And so I think that they have, you know, kind of the brainchild behind, you know, technology that they're able to make changes pretty quickly. And so we've seen their shoes make these huge leaps over the years as far as like technology and fit and feel and all of those things. So I currently run in the Go Run Ride um, and I love it. I mean, I'm able to wear that shoe behind the bar i'm able to go out on a long run in that shoe and i think if your feet are happy after those things that yeah you found yourself a good shoe well it sounds like you're making not only your feet happy you're making your customers happy what a what a great concept and we we really enjoyed talking to you about it today great shoes great beer 
Um, you know, seems like a great place to hang out. Mark, it sounds like uh, once the pandemic's over and we're traveling again, we're going to have to kind of put that on the list of places we want to go. Road trip. First stop, Longmont. <laughs> yeah, y'all are welcome anytime. We'll have the beer ready. Ashley, thanks for coming on the Run Matters podcast today, powered by Skechers Performance. Thank you so much. Mark, that was a great discussion with Ashley Anderson from Shoes and Brews, and they really are shaking up the Run Specialty uh, channel um, with their concept. What do you think about that? I think they certainly are. And I would say my favorite retailers over the years have totally broken the mold. Mixing sort of uh, shoes with a microbrewery is a great example of that. Someone who lives near the store, I can say I hear a ton of great things from local runners. They're excited about something different. What do you think of the idea of mixing shoes and beer, Amanda? I know you and I have talked about this whole kind of stick and carrot approach or, you know, reward after running. So what do you think about all that? I think it works for a lot of people. It's a lot of fun. It allows them to be social. It allows them to feel a little more relaxed about running. And I'm all for that. Two other great retail concepts when I think of shoes and brews. I think there's a guy in North Carolina who owns a running store that also sells vacuum cleaners. Uh, (laughs) Certainly appeals to me, who uh, I guess I'm known as a very tidy fellow. Uh, It's called Vacandash. Same idea. This guy sells vacuum cleaners, running shoes, and I think he's got a UPS service. So that's uh, a crazy combination. And then there's a store in Boston, which is not exactly a running store. It's more a sneakerhead store, and it's called Bodega. And uh, if you walk into the store, it looks like a bodega. And then you go into the back of the store, the back of the bodega, and they have a Pepsi machine. And you press on the Pepsi machine, and it slides away and brings you into a secret world that sells all these crazy, awesome, different kind of sneakers. So uh, I think anyone... To be successful running a brick and mortar store today, you're going to have to shake it up. And and Shoes and Brews is a a really good example of that. Oh, I love that. It really is about creating an experience. And that's exactly what you're describing. Hey, Amanda, what do you say we get to the run to the finish segment? Let's do it. On your mark, get set, go. Let's run to the finish with Amanda Brooks. We're here, of course, with Amanda Brooks in our run to the finish segment. And episode five is all about disruption. If I could say anything more about disruption, of course, it's been the big disruption of the great pandemic of 2020. And it's proved to be you know, positive for some. It's proved to be very disruptive for others. Amanda, what do you think about you know, people using running during times of disruption? You know, early on, I wrote an article about how I thought we needed running now more than ever. And especially in a time where there weren't races, and so people felt a little bit less motivated, kind of tapping into that deeper reason that we run. And it's to get away from the news and to be outside and to, you know, disconnect a little bit. Because I think especially being at home, we are like super connected right now. Can disruption ever be a good thing for a runner? For sure. We really have our our habits and our routines, you know, we do the same warm up, we eat the same thing. And so sometimes being forced to change that can really work in our favor. Running is a disruptive force. You could look at both sides of that coin. Uh, for so many people, I know the world is crazy. The world is, you know, melting down. There's a pandemic. There's all sorts of crazy things going on. And I think for a lot of people, running is that constant. It's like, hey, there may be a pandemic going on. I may have lost my job. I may have broken up with my girlfriend, my wife, whoever. But you know what? I'm still going to go out and run. 
And, and I think running is, uh, you know, sort of a, a meditative constant for a lot of people, opposite of a disruption. I fully agree. There's something about the fact that it's one little thing you have control over that just feels really good. You know, it's funny that you say that the other day, you know, man, I started your program, of course, and I'm still kind of in that walk run phase, but I'm running more than I'm walking now. So you'd be really proud of me. But the other day, as I was walking and running, I really had a thought um, about something related to business that Mark and I are involved in. And, you know, I really find that running sometimes disrupts my normal thought patterns and allows me to kind of allow fresh ideas in. I get a ton of ideas on the run. It's just remembering them when I get home. That's the big issue. So I'm, I'm impressed, Neil. I don't know about your fitness, but you're mentally, you're getting there as a runner. So to me, that's one of the great things about running. Oftentimes I'll start off and my head will be swimming with problems. And by the time my run is over, I feel like all the problems are solved. Like Amanda, though, I just don't always remember the solutions. You know, it's funny. During the pandemic, it seems like I'm watching a lot of television. I think a lot of us are watching a lot of television. And, you know, I'm noticing that when people on some of these television shows, they have a problem in their lives. Let's say they break up with a boyfriend. They lose their job. You know, they burn their dinner or they're having a problem with their mother or father. You know, they seem to go out and use running as that device to help them get over that disruption or deal with that disruption. Amanda, do you find that you, you know, use running also that way? Yeah. Running is my go-to for a good day, for a bad day, for a blah day. I think, you know, endorphins, the consistency, kind of like Mark mentioned, just having something that I can take control of. If I went running every time I burned my dinner, I would be an ultra marathoner <laughs> at this point in my life. Yeah, well, I, luckily I don't burn my dinner that much, but uh, I have I have enjoyed using running as a good outlet, even, you know, even on a short run. And, and where I just sometimes, you know, I get my brain gets a little clogged up and I use running as a kind of a way to unclog it a little bit. I think it's important, too, that as runners, we know it's OK to go take a walk. <laughs> so I find a lot of runners are really stressed. And because they're so stressed, they don't have the energy to go for a run. And that's OK. Go for a walk like take a stroll. You're allowed as a runner to just go for a walk. And that can be really relaxing. You know, a couple of minutes ago, you said about how even a disruption in your habit or your pattern can work. I remember when I was losing weight a number of years ago, and I remember my trainer said to me, look, make sure you cheat, you know, one day a week, you know, on your nutrition program and on the whole program. Don't, don't exercise and all that. Does it work that way with runners also where, you know, you should really make yourself change it up? That depends on the runner. So people who need a lot of variety, it's probably good that they really build in that, you know, cross training. Other people get kind of like stressed out thinking, oh, I need to do other things. I just want to go do this. Yeah. And so many people I know, if they don't get their running, they get very cranky. <laughs> so uh... very. Mark, where did you start running? Did you start running at Syracuse? Mark and I both went to um, undergraduate at Syracuse University. And if you've never been there, it's incredibly hilly. I started running in high school. I actually was a sprinter in high school and uh, I'm old enough in my life to have regrets. And I, I regret I probably didn't get more out of my uh, track and field career than I did. I uh, Gave up my uh, track and field to play ice hockey. And, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's a whole nother podcast, the uh, Ice Hockey Matters podcast. <laughs> but um, I'd say I got really serious about running after I graduated college. I had, uh, I had more time 
and maybe you know starting in the workplace i had kind of more need to uh to go out and run but that that's when i got really serious sort of post post college it's really funny that you mentioned track in high school i was having a conversation with my husband last night and he was like I don't remember us doing all of these drills that I see you doing or these hip exercises or these strengthening things. And one, I said, that's because you were 16 and you probably just got by without doing them. But I wonder if the, you know, workouts aren't a little different now. I feel like we have progressed a lot in what coaches know and what we all know. Oh, hundred percent. I look at uh, what we went through on our high school track team we never stretched. We never did exercises. So again, when I have my regrets that I didn't get more out of my uh, my track and field, I think with a slightly better coach and of course, better shoes. I look at the shoes I used to run in and I was like, oh my God, those shoes were terrible. But now you're running in better shoes, right, Mark? Much better. <laughs> hey, Amanda, we want to, of course, we love the run to the finish segment um, with you on every episode of the Run Matters podcast powered by Skechers. Amanda, why don't you give us all of your social handles? Sure. You can find me at runtothefinish.com for all my articles and pretty much on every social platform as Run to the Finish. As I said a bunch of times, there's a lot of really fun, informative, entertaining, and interesting posts um, on Amanda's social media. Amanda, thanks again for our great uh, Run to the Finish segment. Always happy to chat more running. So Mark, what have we got coming up on episode six? of the Run Matters podcast. Episode six is the season finale. We will have discussions about shoes. We will have discussions about retailers. And I promise cliffhangers for everybody. Sounds like episode six is one you do not want to miss. I want to thank my co-host, Mark Sullivan. I want to thank uh, Amanda Brooks. I, of course, want to thank Ashley Anderson from Shoes and Brews, Kurt Stockbridge, Edward Cheserak. But I'd also like to thank our producer, Brad Maybe for doing another great job with the Run Matters podcast. So if you've enjoyed listening to episode five and looking forward to episode six, how about leaving us a great review on your favorite podcast platform? And while you're at it, five stars wouldn't hurt either. Thanks for listening to the Run Matters podcast, brought to you by Skechers Performance. Go like never before.